0: This is the Adirondack Books and Beyond podcast. Here we go.
1: Yeehaw! Oh, what a high. <laughs> <laughs> Take a boy.
0: Hey guys, I just uh Wanted to uh, come on here real quick. I'm uh, just getting done editing up this podcast. You know, it's taking me a long time. We have a new editing software that we're using, um, Adobe Auditions, and uh, I'm still kind of getting familiar with it here. Um, but I am finishing up this podcast. It's taking me so long because throughout the duration of this podcast, you guys still might hear it. Um, is, is a dog chewing a bone in the background. We have the dogs with us, and... Uh, you can hear them pretty clearly in the background chewing bones. Um, so if you hear the if you hear the voices are a little distorted throughout this podcast, um, sounding a little different, maybe um, that's the reason why I had to, I had to edit it pretty pretty heavy and uh, put some effects on there that maybe dampen down the sound a little bit. But in this podcast, um, we're talking about the gear that we used up at camp, um, stuff that got us through through the season up there. And um, we kind of end up transitioning over into our Arrow and Broadhead setups and kind of what we what we plan on doing in the future uh, differently with that. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and uh, we'll have some more coming real soon to you guys in the future um, with some exciting guests coming on. So enjoy. Uh, I'm gonna be cozy for this. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, I'm just gonna roll with Brother, this one. This I is share? like the, the third time we've tried to do this. Welcome back to another episode of Adirondack Bucks and Beyond. Um, today, I think we're gonna go in the direction of talking about um, kind of, kind of uh, camp life up in the mountains with our tent and uh, just kind of have a conversation from there. We'll see. We'll First see where it goes.
2: Never done it before. Yep. Never hung out of a tank camp before. Yep. It was an experience. See, the very in least. A positive In a positive way, too. Yeah. I actually <laughs> thought it was going to be kind of miserable to an extent. A fun, miserable. Really wasn't
0: that bad. It was. I don't really remember the the most miserable part of camp. I think was waking up in the morning. Oh, because was, up the, in the stove because the stove would go yeah, out, so yeah. it was cold. But
3: other than that, the first couple of times where we had to, all right, who's gonna volunteer to go out to the other tent yeah. to grab the propane heater? Yeah. yeah. You, oh yeah. No one that, wanted. No one the, wanted to do that. Corey bit the bullet a couple of times. Oh, I think. Oh my
0: god! It was so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, brutal. Yeah, we need a bigger wood stove next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah that that cards. that wood
3: that wood stove
0: wasn't cutting it, but
2: yeah, and one, and one that's less deadly
0: maybe would be nice <laughs> as well. Maybe a carbon monoxide detector.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brad's curled up in the corner. Uh, got the Brad's window.
0: Brad's snorkeling out the side of the window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was drafting
1: just fine. But, uh, uh, um,
0: yeah, so we kind of can just jump into. How, how it all started and what we think we would probably do different next year and maybe get some tips for anyone listening who uh who wants to go do it because it, it is a very fun thing to do especially when you have a group of guys like us who are so close if you guys have that i highly encourage you to go do that Well,
2: to begin with we bought a tent off the bat that was way too small way too yeah small. it was good quality it was like super light because we were under the i feel like we were under this impression at the time that we needed to um, walk 15 miles back. Yeah like we were Like we were going to the top Of you know Algonquin Peak Yeah But it, it wasn't like that And wow. we ended up Last minute deciding That we probably needed a, a tent that was A little bit more sturdy And a little bit bigger And yep. that was the best thing That we did Because <laughs> that first tent And I feel like That come, was a great basically deal basically Like a little tent That we kept
0: wooden Considering yeah. what we got Out of that tent The use we got out of it The material The stu- oh, yeah. uh, the sturdiness of it For the price we paid Which we bought it off Amazon It's a white duck canvas tent. Tough, yep. Yeah, We're talking t- about
2: the second one. The, the, the second one, the, the main, one. you know, heavier canvas. canvas
0: yep, tent yep. Home. Came with yeah. the sewn-in floor and everything. For the price we paid, that
3: was a steal. Absolute yeah. steal.
0: Yeah, very, very sturdy, waterproof, windproof. I mean, held up great throughout the season. When it
3: got warm in there too, boy, did that canvas, that canvas held the heat in pretty mm-hmm. good. It, did. it was, was, was very good, good. insulator. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Every everything about it fit. Five <clears throat> comfortably, and you yeah, guys—comfortably—you spe-
2: guys spent a whole rainstorm in it and never got wet. Yeah, oh, it's, it basically monsoon. monsoon yeah. yeah, it was
0: brutal. Inches of rain. Yeah. We yeah. just cuddled up in there. And it was nice dry. though that we kind of made that mistake because we ended up with both tents being used throughout the season, and it yeah. was—it was awesome to have
3: that extra. It was, it was a second. It was yeah, a perfect.
0: Yeah. It was a perfect mistake. Kind of because... turned into
3: our little cook shack. Yeah, yeah, it was like a catch-all. We kind of cooking in there, cook, firewood and uh, mm-hmm. miscellaneous. Miscellaneous yeah. was out there. Yeah. Great places, you know. If it did rain while we were hunting, we had packs in yeah. there. Stuff that didn't. For me, it was the, the, the creepiest
2: tent to go into because you didn't. <laughs> you didn't know what might <laughs> be <by me> inside that <laughs> <my dad laughs> tent <telling laughs> because we kind of kept all the odds and ends in there. I was right. just waiting for a yeah. yeah. I'd, or I'd always <laughs> walk out come there. It'll be interesting. <laughs> we uh bear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's it was cool though because we already put together a wish list of what we're going to want or need moving forward I mean we're already talking about getting acquiring a bigger tent which mm-hmm. possibly could be even a better deal than we got this year on the one we have but it would be super useful to have a tent bigger in size and there's so much we could do with
2: it and we stayed pretty minimal but it is really difficult to not want to keep bringing a little bit more a little bit more up with you like there was one thing you were missing this mm-hmm. time like and next, next thing you thing you know we well, before you know it, I guess what I'm looking to say is you've packed basically an entire pack frame worth of stuff up throughout the season, let alone what you brought ahead of time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. now you've doubled. You know, I mean, that, there you wasn't a there. trip
0: that we went up there where one of us didn't have you know a little 30, 30, 40 pounds on our back yeah. heading up there, and I mean that's a three three and a half mile hike. It was yeah. Yeah. not Which, not
3: and bringing those things. Really made that experience all that much better. We ended up bringing up, you know, the cast iron pots and the pans and the, yeah, yeah. And everything. I'm and then, glad. then you get done hunting that day, and yeah, it's cold out and you're dog tired. And then, you know, don't you know, Corey's over there whipping up a pot of spaghetti for us. Corey's <laughs> yeah. definitely I mean, camp chef,
2: sure.
0: yeah. yeah, I'm 100%. glad you brought that up because that's something I think that's very important if you are planning on doing this, uh, is having a frame back. Yes, and I mean, yeah. you guys can test oh, yeah. that. I don't have the frame pack, but all you guys have a frame pack, and that is something yep. that you need to to get up yep. into these remote mm-hmm. spots, yep. especially with some heavyweight on your back. Don't cheap out, right, core? Do not cheap out. I mean, r- right off the bat, not. I wouldn't even say that I cheaped out, but I certainly did not buy a top of the line sure. frame pack and mm-hmm. I had a buckle bust the first trip into the Literally. season.
2: you tried tightening it down and it, it just busted. It
0: just busted. So, I mean, it worked out because I ended up replacing it with a higher quality one, which mm-hmm. made all the difference for the latter half of the season. But to deal with that in the first trip up when you're still a little oh, bit out of shape and, of and, oh my God, brutal. that pack was
2: so heavy. Yeah. Like, it was, it was brutal. It, Ty, would you consider yours to be <laughs> Like military I, surplus or military issue? It issued?
3: seemed to be more military surplus. It's not the most heavy duty, but I, right. I, I really can't complain. It seemed to be great quality. I mean,
2: you raved about we, it. Yeah. We
3: put quite a bit of weight on there passing that. that uh, What did we have? We had the, the propane heater on. Oh, yeah. I, I, I took that for a little bit. Yeah, we had a, it was, we uh, had a
2: Mr. Buddy heater that was like half. Yeah, that was a mess. A
3: couple yeah, cans I'm of there. propane, a mm-hmm. uh, little cans of propane on it, too. It, it honestly supported it. sat on my hips great. And yeah. it loaded loaded that thing up quite a few times and
0: before i forget about it, another point we come back to here in a little bit is uh getting in shape for doing that yeah, we'll come we'll, yeah, we'll come back yeah, to yeah. it we'll come back to it but i just wanted to i got the uh there.
2: the Everly stock f1 mainframe pack and <clears throat> it was it was 250 bucks and it was every bit worth it and the selling point for me even though i didn't really think i'd need it at the time was you can accessorize that pack and Everly stock's known for its uh western gear that they make elk hunting mule deer hunting that kind of thing um But that pack is, or that frame is sweet right off the bat. And then you can add a bunch of accessories to it that make it even better. So just like it's a nice mix. I had the Everly stock. He had a military surplus type, right, um, a cheaper it, one. Yeah, and you, yeah, you had like a more like, would you say generic? Like generic economical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. So and all of them. What really, was yours, Adam? They all I got
1: well. a uh, Mystery Ranch pop up twenty eight. I think it's good that we got, that, you,
0: that you guys all got different ones. I mean, because then you know in the future, yeah, future absolutely. reference, that, we know uh, which one probably. I mean, yeah. they all. I mean, other than yours, didn't really. Sure. That, up. that
1: Mystery Ranch pack. That's a sweet pack too, yep. man. Yeah, it is. That uh that's helped us out a few times, hasn't it, Brad? <laughs> At least one I can recall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yours is
2: actually legitimately good for packing meat out. Yes, yeah, so because with the well, I guess my frame pack's good too. Um, but the difference is is that yours, and I don't even know how to explain this, but it basically like separates right down the middle. Yep. So there's actually like a full backpack on the back
1: side of it. So the it's meat, a legitimate the backpack meat
2: goes between the frame of the pack yes. and then like the backpack itself yep. and you can cinch that whole thing right yep. down.
1: And it, it when you when you fully extend that thing, man, that, that sucker's big, man. You can haul a ton of yeah. crap with that thing. I was
0: I was uh, sporting the uh, lawn sale special. My mom found a uh, an legit hi- a legit hiking yeah, well, bag, like a nice true. hiking yeah. bag at, at a lawn sale for super cheap. And that I mean, it got me through the season. It wasn't so, wasn't I- the best, but it, it worked for what we were doing.
3: I just pulled mine up. I got mine. It was a Kelty Cache hauler, and I, I mean, middle of the I, I'm not gonna call it high quality by any means. Probably the cheaper end. It was 100. 24 bucks okay and i would recommend it sure obviously yeah. not for your i don't know you know you're looking to go out west and do hardcore elk hunting and
2: sure crazy stuff
3: every single day you wear that every right. everywhere you go yeah. Right. yeah light great great thing but i mean for what, for what I've been using yeah. it for. Yeah, I mean, we're,
0: we're we're basically specifically talking to the uses that we've got out of yeah, them for, for the camp and hiking yeah. up and lugging stuff up. and.
3: I'm going to bring mine out, out west when I go out west next year or no. this year. So will we'll hop back on we'll here a, and you give us another, yeah, another review. I mean, I've used them before for hauling elk meat. I mean, I had a full five by five bullhead with its keep on the back of mine and a front quarter on one I used previously. Mm-hmm. And. It would stutter. They're, yeah. they're, you got to have it. You yeah. got to have the frame pack 100%. Ugh. For hiking stuff in and for hauling meat out, yeah. there's no yeah. other way of going about it.
0: Yeah. Another thing is. I would prefer to never bring canned foods that far into the again. Yeah, yeah, again. that that's a good it, point. We we started bringing a lot of canned foods up there, and it just got heavy. Well, when it it, when heavy. I switched from bringing canned foods to the prepackaged MREs or the you know even little dollar fifty packets of tuna that are loaded with protein. My pack lightened up so much more on the last few trips. What were it's those, uh, so what were those too trash too, what were too those, much? Uh things that we end up getting from Walmart. What are they called? Um, <sighs> uh, the Mountain Man thing. Yeah, right? they're they're uh, Mountain Man, like freeze-dried, um basically an MRE. I don't really know how it's the I forget the brand is. Is. name yeah. of them,
2: but they yeah. are they are. I, know, I awesome. can picture them, they're white with the blue and orange label. Yeah, like eight, just, nine
0: bucks at Walmart, which seems a little pricey, but you get a full meal. In a good meal a good they're
3: not tasting at all. They taste great. Like I could eat them. Multiple flavors, uh, yeah, the so. different flavors. You know, yeah And another
2: thing, uh, even though they they are canned, and, I mean, you could probably find a bag version somewhere. But one thing that we all found really enjoyed having too was canned fruit. Oh my gosh, so yeah. I was yeah. going to bring that. I was For whatever it up reason, yeah. The the sugar. Is For whatever reason, the sugar when you're up there with with some decent hydration, it, it really rejuvenates you when you've been getting pretty dehydrated up there because you feel like you're drinking enough water and you're just not. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah, the the hydration thing is huge squinchers. up there. Yeah, oh, we, oh, we, yeah, we uh, came across awesome. squinchers. They're like basically... If nothing look, else,
2: it's a placebo with them. Like you take it and you feel hydrated. They're oh, like a
0: little gator. Fold yeah. Basically. <laughs> and there's a little powder you dump in your water. And we, we started using them throughout the duration of the season. Then. Right. They, really, really great. helped
3: getting the electrolytes back. in the yes. system. You know, you're going out there. We're hiking. I mean, I know, Brad, you're, the, you're a real big walker. And you walk miles and miles in a day. And it's like... You get back and you pop one of those quenchers You do it, it's the electric lights back in you that feels right away. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. Hydrate. But, Gotta but.
3: do that though before the walk in though. The <laughs> yeah, hydration before nope, you even no, get in there because you we're getting up to camp and you, yeah. you're like you're just you got that cramp in your leg like doing those mm-hmm. doing those hills. No, no, the way no beer
0: before the uh, walk in, right, Corey? No,
2: <laughs> he's shaking his
3: head.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, we carry around for for water. we all have some sort of filtration system for. That
3: was that's a that's a huge thing. Yeah, I, mean- I was not an advocate of it to begin with. I was a very I'm a very big Camelback guy because mm-hmm. I always got the water. It's always right there. Right, but going through later in the season when. I just felt like I was walking around with too much crap. Now, not ever would never tell anyone to not walk around without the essentials. I felt like I had the essentials, but then I had then you. you I went do. throughout <laughs> the season and I realized that like, yeah, I have the essentials for like the absolute worst case scenario. Yeah, like i is a bad getting, thing. It was not a bad thing, but I was like, I'm hunting. I know where right, I'm at. I'm, sure. I have my GPS. I'm not gonna. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start ditching a couple things. That Camelback with three liters of water on my back, walking six miles a day, was not. i wasn't wasn't about it i
0: think as time passes and the more miles you put on i think you just gain a certain level of comfortability and you kind of tell yourself like this is unnecessary i i I, I remember the first few times we went up there I, i didn't necessarily have a load on but i I had way more stuff than I should have had. And now I carry oh, yeah. a lighter, a knife, a GPS, extra mm-hmm. bullets in my gun. I mean, the bare yeah. essentials, man. You know, hunting out a
2: camp, you really don't need anything other than just a form of communication, which is usually our GPS is like, you really don't need fire making materials. There's nowhere I can't get to you or, you know. Whatever the case, may yeah,
0: be. definitely. uh Maybe some better radios too than we had. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to look sucked. at the radio
3: situation for next
0: yeah, year. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll but um, they are they are a game changer when you have those. Yeah. Like the day that you
2: shot would have been so nice if we could mm-hmm. all
0: been in contact right. with each
2: other, especially because of the fact that I w- it was draining my phone battery bad trying to communicate with you guys, and I needed my phone because I was using the maps. Well, right.
0: that's something. Else, well, something else that we that is very useful that we. That we use all the time up there is the battery packs Yeah, oh, you yes. have ended you ended have, to, off to, have external, to have um, those yep. battery packs especially especially them all year you, long but especially yeah. up there
3: especially when you're doing what you do bailey when you're using the onyx mm-hmm. and you're using your phone as a gps hunt stand, or hunt stand, same thing uh, for a form of communication and as a form of gps yeah yep. i i use a garmin Adam uses a Garmin, yeah. which is great because I am saving my phone the whole time. But I mean, the interactiveness of yeah. those maps are just right. bar none when you're when you're using it. We
2: can charge our Garmin in reaches. And our phones, and me personally, I can charge my Phoenix headlamp because that's a USB charge too. Mm-hmm. So I all get off the same battery all off time. the same battery pack. So really, it's, I mean, it's when a we no-brainer. went when we
0: went to Tennessee, I think I brought two battery packs with us, and I used one the four yeah. days we were there, yeah. and it lasted yeah. the entire time. I charged my phone throughout the day, overnight. Yeah. I,
2: I'm sold to the point where and I would absolutely I would absolutely invest into one that has like a 24 hour retention. Absolutely, I, I would buy the yep. Big Daddy, yep. right? Yeah, because I it, would use it. Imagine right. what
0: that would be compared to. Right. I mean, the ones we have last. A long time. Right. They so l- at least last three days. That we're in camp. Yeah, we're, we're usually mm-hmm. in camp for three days. Every time. I don't know about you. Mine were cheapos that I bought off Amazon. Mine, same, yeah, mine same, were too. Yeah, same. Yeah, mine Twenty dollars, thirty dollars, yeah. something like that. But I
2: had a better one before I got my backpack jacked out of a public parking lot. But anyways, <sighs> I had a better one, and that one did last longer and provide more charge. Yep.
3: but which, for what we paid for these, they were good. Which brings to the whole battery thing. Because when you're lugging batteries up, it's no different than lugging your canned food up. They, oh, yeah. they're they're not that. We used to have the saying that ounces equals pounds, pounds equal pain, and pain is not good when you're walking in yeah. to yeah. go into camp and you're right. that tired walking in anyway. So the batteries things reducing the amount of batteries, batteries I'm bringing in. Yep. Uh, I I mean I so my Garmin is double A, so I usually have double A's and triple a's and stuff like that but just being able to kind of mitigate it like you said if you're able to charge all those things off of that one and then have one external battery that is good i mean
0: yeah. you're cutting, saving, cutting yeah. yeah, cutting, cutting it down it down And that,
2: that was and, not even but, intentional on my part i didn't sit there and like plan this all out it just happened to be that it worked out that way and i was like well this is pretty slick well a lot of a lot of the
0: stuff we did this year wasn't completely intentional up there it was really just a learning experience and yeah i i mean you gotta you have to make mistakes to the amount of fun do, so.
2: and camaraderie that we had was even more than i expected
0: I was just gonna say I was just gonna interject And say I think my And it's cliche to say Because we've said it A hundred times But the best part was being disconnected from society, mm-hmm. being up there with you guys, laughing and living life as simply as you could possibly. So imagine, simple. Right? You don't come home. You, you don't turn on Netflix. Right. You don't, None of us don't,
2: had our phones in our faces. We no, never no had. We had.
0: We had each other. Yep. We had sitting around a fire, shooting the shit, mm-hmm. talking about what Telling, we saw that talking day, talking about what we it's saw coming. that day, <laughs> yep. talking about yep. life. You know, I mean, yep. It doesn't get much more simple than that. No. Man. No, I, that's why nice I, to communicate. I, I tell everyone if you have the opportunity to go do even not even if it's hunting, just camping or yeah. doing anything sure, no. of that nature. Dude, absolutely. Go do it, especially if you have a good friend group, because it's you so make memories sure. LS forever. Yeah.
3: Which brings so. us to like the that's the beauty of what we have here in our backyard, the Adirondacks mm-hmm. wise. There's a lot of campsites up there for people to actually go mm-hmm. to. And even if you were just going to backpack it for a weekend and kind of go. Up somewhere, I know that there's lean tos all over the Adirondacks, everywhere. Oh, yeah. If you were just gonna kind of go do a weekend by yourself, and you were gonna go shack up in a lean to and go hunt for the day, I mean, it is really nice to be able to have oh, the, 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 the what the state does head. up there yeah. for for you, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: And if you're like a really, if you're a gearhead, like awesome, we're gearhead more towards the. I guess the hunting equipment side of things not so yeah. much, to keep, but if you are like hardcore into the camping stuff and you like mixing hunting in with it, I mean there's like endless awesome freaking gear out there, man. I mean, oh. They make it all. You oh, could man. put your hands on whatever you want, from the cheapest to the most expensive, like aerospace, whatever stuff. There's some great gear out
3: there. Yep, great. And we were talking about this when we were initially getting getting up there, and we were, we had, I think we had done one weekend, and when we were up going ready to go up there for a second week and we We're like, what don't we have? And we ended up. I ended up going to Walmart, and I think you went to Walmart too. And I was like, actually, Walmart, Walmart has a wonderful has a great outdoor, outdoor section. They have everything. I got That's the good little point. the little French press that actually I think that
2: you know I, we never use once. Never, <laughs> yeah. never used once. But I used the
3: tin can every single time. I made my ramen in it. it poured the coffee in it. Yeah, that was like seven dollars. I got all my
0: I got all my stuff at Walmart. Literally, Literally pretty much all my stuff, yeah. and. We're,
3: creating. we're so, talking so, about the, the pad, too. Well, well I, I we'll, want to we'll, get into in that because you guys, Sleep Adam,
0: back. you didn't hear this conversation. You didn't either because you weren't with us. But when, when we we're on our way to go fishing this morning, Corey, Brad and I rode together and we we're talking about possibly not having uh, a, a bottom to the tent next year. So it's just bare, bare ground on the bottom. And sleeping on cots right and doing an, if you wanted to individual floor mats or tarps underneath your little sleeping area depending on what we have for a tent setup right, right. just I mean, it's gonna depend on room but just because of the whole like how cluttered it was with all of us just sleeping shoulder to shoulder on the ground stepping over each other in the morning and stuff kind of kind of an inconvenience to
2: potentially and to avoid any potential freezing of you know mm-hmm. the bottom of a tent yep so maybe next year if which we is something we need to figure out so, so maybe next year we don't if, it's, if that is if that's possible right yeah right it'd be nice to walk into the tent we had to crawl over each other and all that t- the floor really did was track in dirt and pine needles and mud and water mm-hmm. and everything else if we don't have that actually as far as water is concerned it'd be nice to have bare ground because that could just You'll seep, seep down into the soil, right?
0: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's something you have, to think about. It is. Well, I guess it is. We, we can talk about our sleep and stuff too. What we had for that. Yeah, I mean, that's
3: the, the the. I found myself some nights more than others. It was harder to fall asleep than others. I mean, you could be completely exhausted. You're laying on the ground, and it's it's not comfortable in some no. senses. But when brad you weren't there one weekend and i don't nabbing one of your pads oh my god <laughs> i slept like a baby your little dude, your little blow uh, the blow up one but i think if we're gonna do sleeping on the ground again yeah it's you no two I, you gotta have at least i think two pads mm-hmm. and or, or the one that blows up and yeah i'll tell you what that made a world of difference that was me me adam and bailey were up there one yep. weekend just yep. the three of us Corey and brad weren't able to make it and uh there were extra pads up there from everybody. And i that was probably one of my best nights at, at sleep wise nice. at camp.
2: Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Pad, pads are super
0: important. We just got little, little thin foldable pads from Walmart. They're they're okay. They do the job, but they're not not great. I'd really like to get one of the... Like a light foam one. That Um, that pool
1: float is... The pool float sleeping pad, and that thing's freaking slick. Yeah, that is nice.
0: I mean, that that just goes back to what Brad said. I mean, if you're a gearhead, you can go and look at all the options. There is so many out there. And we... I mean, we have... At least I mean, Corey Adam insulated. and I, I know have bottom of the line, like dirt cheap, and you know they do the job. So anything, I too, anything I got mine above from a buddy,
2: it's ripped. Yeah,
0: above yeah. that, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be fine. Um, sleeping, Old, s- sleeping bag, sleeping bag wise. Uh, uh, I skimp. I personally, yeah, don't skimp out on that. I mm-hmm. personally recommend getting a like a mummy sleeping bag with a hood on it.
2: 100%. Yep,
0: um, the hood makes a big difference for me yeah. at least. Yep. Um, I I have a n just a North Face that someone gave to me. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I think my my sleeping bag was a zero degree, and I was sleeping in my underwear every night. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was hot, and I would
2: even recommend go go down from that if you're a guy like me. Like I'm just you know tall, skinny, lean dude, so I don't you know I get cold pretty easily. And I had a double bag up again. I got I got handed down a bunch of uh, gear, so instead of spending the money, I just used what I had, and I took two sleeping bags and I just put one inside the other one. And that kept me plenty warm. But if I didn't have that and knowing what I know now, I would go out and buy a name brand like negative 10, negative 20, whatever the the, the different Mm -hmm. categories are. But that's what I would get for sure. I I wouldn't mess with that. I
0: think mine was like a a 20 degree. And I mean, I slept other than the mornings for the most part. I was warm all night. Mm Mm-hmm. Never, never really.
2: I know for me, I was concerned sleeping wise that you get so used to your, like, creature comforts at home. Like, I, we all have pretty much routine before you go mm. to bed at night. And I definitely need a TV to sleep at night. Like, the, the white noise background of a TV helps me sleep. And I was very much concerned that I was going to struggle to sleep up there so much so that I actually brought headphones in my bag so that if I needed to I could pop something in just to give me some some noise to let well, me rest. We had the podcast playing a couple. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah we has, did, which uh, was yeah. which was we're, we're absolutely really
0: nice. helpful. It was absolutely yeah. We would record a podcast but, and just kind of let it run. Yeah, but bit.
2: surprisingly, we all would pretty much you know. Go lights out about the same time. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. The conversation would kind until of slow Tyler, down until and... Tyler starts snoring. <laughs> yeah, the Look, snoring is definitely an <laughs> <a question> issue <laughs> that night, okay. Who was the heavier breathing? Who the barnyard horse? <laughs> that
1: was Tyler.
0: <laughs> 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 he was cold starting a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Jake Brake going down the mountain. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That explains
3: but, why I didn't see any deer the next. Day. Scared them all away. They couldn't sleep either. Yeah, like, so, so when, we to, uh,
0: when we went up to when we went to Blue Mountain Lake, there we uh, slept in a cabin and uh, we we put Tyler in his own <laughs> secluded. <close his> <laughs> we isolated. He was in cor- uh, in snoring was, quarantine. Oh my
3: God, it was to the point where there was a, they had we had our unit that we were staying in. There was another unit under renovation. It's all one building. (laughs) (laughs) So you walk through. It's like the middle door. So you can kind of go from one unit to the other. You walk in, go through the door it's there's nothing in it it's completely empty <laughs> and then you go through another door to the bedroom and that's where i stayed making, i top. thought
0: there was gonna be a squatter in the middle room there <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait to see somebody coming out of the corner or something
3: like, my alarm go off I, I wake up i go back through and i come back in the door like I'm, I'm still here <laughs> I don't, don't forget about me you
0: know yeah uh, what a different then one. we had so a, a widgeon flying around the around <laughs> the yeah. cabin at one point <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah
2: you guys will figure that out in a future podcast yeah, yeah, <laughs> we drop absolutely. some good audio of that <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Which, yes
3: which makes the difference of that that sleeping up there what a difference like
0: oh, waking up in the <laughs> waking morning up
3: in the, well even coming back so that you, we, if you follow us and you watch the video of uh, the change in the weather it was like 30 degrees when we got up there and then it was like six it was yeah. so cold and it was so cold we were hiking all day we were soaking wet because it was heavy wet snow coming down that turned into you know a little finer snow we were exhausted cold wet and i when i got back i was the last one back and everyone else ever it's just nice to go back and have your gears all hanging up everything's drying out like mm-hmm. 10 camp you don't get that luxury. well that's the thing so. in
0: 10 camp like i mean sometimes you you just have to suck it up and you you, you have to put that wet like, gear on. You unfortunately, burn your but
3: boots that's to try and dry them out and socks. <laughs> yeah. and... I guess I didn't
2: really consider that, but that was a conversation a that we had ahead of time in camp. Like, what are we going to do for wet clothes? And we never ran into that in camp. We never got we real wet, it. and I'm pretty convinced that. There was no good way of drying clothes in that. Time. No. There's not. No. There's we had a Unless we had a, a, day, a
0: very large tent, a very large wood stove. I don't know how else we do that. Yeah, I, I mean, the only, the only thing, there's a couple days where we got, a little wet here and there and they had just happened to be nice days up in the 60s when we were up there and we'd go and we kind of strung a line across from trees and cooking my socks
2: like a rotisserie chicken kind of worked (laughs) well too. Yeah, I was going to say, when you would, like for me, I would just hang my socks over some paracord. We had draped up and there's another one, Like It got pretty, it (laughs) It was pretty It was pretty (laughs) ghetto by
3: by the end of it, but um, so much clothes hanging. We had the light at the very top and you could barely see the light because the clothes are hanging everywhere. When you can't
2: Drape a pair of socks over that and and dry them with a wood stove. You know, I guess "quote unquote" going inside the tent. Although a lot of times it wouldn't, it really wasn't that warm in there. Um, yeah. If you can't dry a pair of socks out, you are pretty well screwed. If it's mm-hmm. a shirt or pants or oh, boots, yeah. You are at tent it, camp. Mm-hmm.
3: You don't have the extras, right? Like I brought extra everything when we went to um where we where we stayed. Uh, oh yeah, when, you're, when we, you are when we're out
2: of the Airbnbs and stuff, you can uh, you can just. Bring as much as you want because you can be well prepared, particularly boot dryers and extra clothing and whatever else. I don't,
3: I don't, I don't. I think I had one extra yeah. shirt. I'm sorry, Billy, you have something
0: to say? That? I can't, I can't <laughs> breathe right now. The dog just farted in my mouth. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> Whose dog is that? <laughs> That's your dog. No. Your dog. It had to be, dude. That is bad. <laughs> Oh, my. Do you smell that? <laughs> I do, dude. Oh, my God. I, I can't, I was, I can't I d- smell anything over your Do you smell anything? No. but dude, it smells like You were dog. talking, and I'm looking at him, and he's almost yeah, falling no, he out of the chair. It legitimately smells like this dog just took one somewhere. Like, it's bad. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: She's <laughs> about to fire another one right <laughs> Fire another <laughs> one off there, girl. Fire. Anyways. Anyway,
0: sorry to interrupt. What were, we? Where were uh, we, talking
3: we talking about? differences between where t- uh, drying, drying clothes
0: and. All like, yeah all right we took a little took a little break there but i think we're gonna transition into back to what i was saying before about uh getting into hunting shape before before the season um i guess what we did is just scouting yep. scouting and and get, get up and start hiking those mountains before deer season and Make sure you're ready because it takes a toll, a physical toll on your body. And I think we could all vouch for that. Yeah. Um, if there's something that you should focus on, it's keeping your back, your shoulders, and your knees healthy to continue to do what we do up there on a yearly basis. Yeah. Those are the three big things that are going to prohibit us from doing what we want to do in years to come. And I think that's something we see with a lot of older people. So take care of your bodies now when you're young and able to do it. and it'll, You'll be better off down the road.
3: Which yeah. we could also tie into having the gear like we were talking previously to do that, the proper pair of, you know, I know some people hike in, uh, hiking boots mm-hmm. but um, you had the trekking poles for just like getting in there and like, yeah. you know, being able to I mean, trekking so, poles, the trekking poles, poles the a say, ton. Those will
2: help your knees not, a whole bunch. Just to bunch. clarify, not for hunting, he uses them to go in and out of camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going no, in and out I'm of not, camp, not but not like for,
3: for in staying in shape and going, setting up cameras doing your, your just scouting during the off season. Proper equipment up there being able to, like I said, save your body to be able yeah. to continue to do this for a long time. I
0: mean, to put it in perspective, we were doing towards towards the end of the summer. We were putting in, you know, that one day we put in 13 miles up there and I was just about dead. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But we were going up kind of every weekend, every other weekend. We were trying to and I, that I still wasn't ready when we did that. Still, um, I mean, I, I without do, actually putting the pack on your back and going in and doing I want to I want to do more this year. So when I get up there, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm not huffing and puffing to get up that next mountain. I will say, too, even as much as we you know, I know I think all of us kind of trimmed up lost weight got, I mean, we felt like we we're in great shape by the end of the season. I still ate like garbage and I think like, I was disappointed. I should have yeah. ate better. Throughout the, now imagine if we, we ate a little bit better out throughout mm-hmm. the season, how much better shape would be in. Fantastic. That's shape. something Eat. to work on in the off season for me personally. Yep. The food, the food is, is so important, especially when you're doing it as much as we are as getting healthy meals and nutritious meals more nutrient. than anything. I mean, it's hard because we're in the middle of nowhere. You, Have what you bring, but that goes back to packing responsibly before you go up, but we're ravenous by the end of the day.
2: Yeah, definitely do not pack, like,
0: sweets. and Don't be
2: packing, like, Twinkies and stuff like that because they sound good at the time, but when you're exhausted, like, your body really is craving something decent to
0: eat. Fruit, meat, good carbs. And then when you go back home, make sure you're getting the best meal you can especially if you know you're going back up like every, every weekend we knew we were going back up i yep. i tried but between work and and hunting and stuff i just didn't i, needed, I, needed, I to get, Hydrate, need to get i need to get better at it yeah. but drink yeah. more you should water than you, you should want be to be
3: hydrated do they say that you gotta be if you're gonna do something you want to be hydrated you want to be hydrated yeah. 24 hours in advance of what you're doing mm-hmm. you know
0: yep. well, well and then you know then you think about okay well we're, we're just talking about the aspect of getting up in there and then hiking around hunting mm-hmm. When you shoot a deer up there you don't know how far far away you're going to be from camp and stuff then you got to get all the way back to camp and then from camp all the way back down to the truck you want to be prepared for that. You don't yep. want to be struggling the entire way and have it be. Mi- I mean, granted, it's not going to be fun. I mean, it's not going to be fun. I can honestly but- say, though, with with the adrenaline factor, I think you forget about what kind of shape you're in regardless after you shoot a good deer and you're yeah. dragging it yeah. back to the truck with yeah. your buddies. About, I understand I, what you're yeah. saying. But
3: getting to that point of shooting the deer, you don't want to be. I've noticed it myself. You go up something steep and, you know, how it plateaus. So you start to slow down and stuff like that. And you're slowing down. To just to kind of catch your breath and you realize, oh, my God, I'm breathing too heavy. If something walked out right now and I was going to have yeah. a good shot at it, I'm breathing too heavy. I'm not calm, you know. Like, when well, you go know,
0: along with that, it takes away from your overall focus when you're constantly yeah. huffing and puffing and worrying about, oh, boy, do I have to go up that next that next ridge? Yeah. Or, oh, do I want to go that far? Like... Don't worry about that. Go hunt the way you should hunt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, not don't, don't let your physical abilities. No, keep going. Yeah. keep going. Keep An- going. Another thing also that I want to throw in here that I think would be a great idea, especially if we go back to where we're this year is bringing a fishing pole and eating some fish while we're up there. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish we doing did. that. Mm-hmm. There's no better food than eating that up there. Yeah. Yeah. Straight protein.
2: Yeah. Because there might be a day where you just. You had a day, Cory. you just really couldn't get yourself going to go hunting. that's okay those those days happen, so if maybe you just like grabbing a trout rod and going in i yeah this year up, up
0: I don't, it, my I, my motivation is you know higher than ever to hunt up north and and be up there with you guys doing that stuff. But I did find myself this year. there was a lot of days where I felt like you know I just need to take a break today like i I just need to sit near camp, or sit at camp, or maybe take a day off. I found myself doing that more this year. Well, that could bring. I mean, that brings us into another thing: is doing wood. I mean, you take you want to. He wouldn't just sit around. Corey wasn't just sitting around in the tent. I mean, you were no, there. Oh, I was doing, doing chores, doing all chores around the tent, which is very important up there, making sure everything's in place and make sure you have enough wood to get through the night.
2: Yeah, we were burning wet down wood because in the Adirondacks you can't cut. You can't cut wood up there. You mm-hmm. can't bring up a, a saw with you. It's all deadfall. Anything yeah.
0: deadfalls, fair game. Uh, yeah, so what become, ended up uh,
2: happening is we burned a lot of wet wood, and we ended up packing our stovepipe full of creosote. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really bad. We had to unravel it and uh, – Clean it half. Nasty. Yeah, we yep. had to basically yep. scrape nasty. it out with branches, and that – you know hardly did anything but but when we did clean it out i shouldn't say it didn't do anything when we cleaned it out particularly the the cap on the top of the stove pipe we got that cleaned out and the smoke could make its way back out again it, it vented so that much next the weekend, heat was better but that
0: next
3: weekend when myself adam and
2: bailey were up there way well, better
0: was ripping hooking.
2: Yeah, it. so I guess my point being, get up there ahead of time, and you can, you can take the deadfall wood, but you need to split it, and you need to let it try and dry as best as it can. Mm-hmm. Because it'll just, cover it.
3: Yeah, it's way cover better. Cover it, keep it dry as best you can. and
2: The fire will burn hotter, and yep. the fire will burn less smoky, and Longer. it's easier said than done, because mm-hmm. it's going to take some work to do that. It, it's actually harder than you think to find wood that, because you can't. There's plenty of big wood, and you think you're gonna go up there, like, but you have to. How are you gonna you cut it off? You have to it size that and, right. You have to yeah. size that wood into stuff that you could split. Well, if you think you're gonna go up there with a saw and keep cutting on twelve-inch diameter trees, you're gonna be smoked by a handsaw. nonetheless. The round, round day, Brad, We were, uh, we were, it we were passing the thing well, back and forth. Let, right. let me tell you, in
0: general, if you think you're gonna go up there and just set up a tent and it's gonna be a walk in the park and it's not gonna be any hard work, then it's probably not for you, right. because yeah. it's the complete opposite of that. It is.
3: Hard work constantly up there. You, and, got and you. The, you gotta want it, man. Yeah. And the reward is getting to wake up and you're already hunting.
2: Yep. yep. And yep. again, I'm gonna preface this and we're gonna do this a lot on these podcasts. I'm not saying that we're like ultra hardcore and we're more hardcore than you are. I know. No. It's, it's not that we're like, we're just giving you a heads up. You gotta want it when you're up there because camp alone can exhaust you to the point where the hunting you just don't you're not really putting any effort into it. It is really easy to come back to camp after hunting in the morning and want to take a nap and next thing you know it's about 2 o'clock and it's dark by 4 and you don't want to wander that far from camp do already really have time and next thing you know man like you're not really spending time out in the woods the way that you should
0: Mm-mm. well so, well, after uh, just, just made me think like this is a second consecutive podcast we did a podcast last night that you guys were here and now we're doing this one tonight because Ty's here but uh, after we cut the podcast last night we stayed around just chatted for about an hour and a half two hours and we got talking about how your mind is your most powerful tool you'll ever possess yeah. and your mind can do things that you don't even know that you're capable of doing but mm-hmm. it's it's capable yeah. of doing it and anybody can do it just, anybody anybody could do what we do just and there keep, is people who do more than yeah, we do just
2: keep hunting you will run into him the buck of your dreams he is up there or out there whatever, however you want to put it and if you hunt hard enough you will run into him I promise you you will you will oh, yeah. get a look at him mm-hmm. you just have to keep going if you're going to willy nilly it around up there <laughs> It's going to be a long season, and you're going to be right back down to where it's easy. It quite frankly, it's easier hunting where there's more yeah. deer and they're more predictable and they're not quite as spooky. Right. You know? Hey, I give I give guys a lot of credit. There's a lot
0: better hunters than us out there that oh. spend a lot less time and, and still get it done on a regular basis. But for the average hunter you can't do that there's not many guys that can just go up and spend a few days and find success like you no. gotta dedicate yourself an entire season right. and, and really focus on hunting whatever area that may be and, you're and
2: we've on. said it before but the whole point of having the camp was so that we were in the area we wanted to hunt already yeah right to hunt the area out of our camp or to hunt the area that our camp is in by foot from a trailhead you would be smoked by the time you got to the camp mm-hmm. alone and you just want to hunt your way back to the truck. And that alone would give you about a six-mile round trip. And that's a good day of hunting. Me, me and Corey talk a lot because we're like we really big on checking our phones at the end of the day just to see what we did. Just just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. make sure we put the effort in. It's kind of a good check of what kind of effort yep. you put in. It's flooded and if we, we weren't hitting doing. about five and a half miles, didn't feel like we really did enough. Anything over that, great. You really covered some ground.
0: Yep. I mean, but, there was days... In the prior season we were 12 13 miles regularly man like we were doing some seri- yeah. serious trips and mm-hmm. that's a lot i mean i i know i've heard guys say that they do more than that and god bless it sure. if they do but man 12 13 miles felt like i might as well walk from here to Albany. yeah and, and
2: i'll be the first one to say uh, a 13 mile hunt is no more productive than a, a five a good mile hunt. a good five uh, to six mile yeah, in the it, right area get a productive five miles mm-hmm. hopefully at least a good mile and a half of that is you still hunting taking it real easy and the rest of it's you kind of coming and going from the spot but
0: taking yeah. your way to where you and want, this is yeah. bare, bare ground we're talking
2: yeah but this yeah. is bare ground i'm talking and to kind of come back to the the shape thing get in shape but you're still going to be tired when you're hunting oh i don't know oh, well, yeah, if there's, no yeah, way I don't if there's a way to get around you're it. Still, like <laughs> and get back to the mental part of it too like you're still gonna have to push yourself it, you're con- you're oh, gonna yeah. push yourself every day because your your mind is gonna want to keep trying to take the path of least resistance you're going to want to hunt a little bit shorter mountain or you know smaller mountain or you're going to want to go down to some swamp that's a little bit easier access and don't do it man go where you want to hunt
0: not saying that i didn't because there was 110 percent a couple days a lot of days that i did that this year just I could I, I woke up. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. I think it. you need to hear- find that middle ground between the bearability of your mental toughness and your physical ability. If you can find where those two meet somewhere in the middle, that's where you'll find that you fu- have most your yeah. success. And I you think know, if you you don't have to a- be a super athlete, you don't have to be a uh, uh, LeBron James of of the Big Woods hunting. You just no. have to be in good enough shape and mentally but strong But I, I think
2: it keeps your mind right too if you're hunting the way that you wanted to. Right, you know, it keeps yeah, you did
3: you went right. out there and did what you wanted to do. Right, it keeps you going. And yeah. If kept, you're yeah. if you're
2: cutting yourself short, you, you start kind of getting screwed up upstairs. Mm-hmm. You start giving like, yourself darn, a hard time. I really wish I made and it the, to that right. That, and then you come that home. landmark
3: that I was pushing to get to, and then you didn't get right. there. And you right. came back, and next thing you know you came back a little bit yep. early because you're tired. And you came back like, oh, I know I can make it back to camp, and it's not sunset yet. And you're yeah. like,
2: yeah. it's all about but then the you get back wins. to camp, and you're like, do I go back? Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, there that's you go. Great what were you gonna say? Adam? Give yourself a you're little about win. To say so. Yeah,
1: that uh, you know, having your mind right, a lot of that, you you have a better time if if you you set your. I mean, you gotta understand you're gonna have it's a grind, right? I mean, that's fair to say it's oh, a grind. Gosh. It's yeah. a, it's one hell of a grind. Put it lightly, but if you hunt the way you want to hunt it, and you, you you say okay, I'm gonna pick an area or go you if you be whether either through scouting or. Or just in season scouting, you've come across an area. You say, okay, I know there's a lot of sign in this area. I'm going to hunt it the way I want, whether it's whether it's sit or whether it's still hunt the heck out of it and spend most of your day just still hunting this one area. You're mentally, you're going to be more in the game.
0: Yeah, you hunt to your advantages. Yeah, you, can you can build it. It's a it's a building block for the days to yeah.
2: come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's that is it. The whole season's building you towards hunting. The right buck in the right spot on the right day.
0: What would a st- what would a success be without the stories of the failing days? What would it? <laughs> there would, the there stories wouldn't be. Wouldn't be they, they wouldn't be as juicy. Be as good. if be you be could go out and if sweet. you could go up there and hike three miles every day and see a buck every time you get up there. And I, I shouldn't say thing? that like uh, failing days is not the right word because none of them are days where I felt like they're failures. But no, any day up there is a win. But the days, the days where you don't end up coming out with a buck under your belt I'm saying but yeah. anyways um, those days are the ones that make your successful days and you're
3: gaining information on those that days is.
0: constantly gaining. Le- intel. yeah
3: learning the land and the and finding the signpost <laughs> finding the scrape that you know mm-hmm. okay hey i'm getting close like yeah. okay yes. hey there's sign here so that means there's there's deer here yeah where where we hunt finding sign That's huge. Yeah, Yeah, we actually we
0: we wish you. I wish you were on. I wish Uh, you on last night. We we got we got into stuff pretty good last night. Yeah, that's a win in
3: my book. I mean, I learned. It is. I learned learned a lot from you this
0: year, Ty. Like
3: couple deer this year, but man, I had never been so happy. Mm-hmm. I, you know i'm like i here i am and we're hunting bare ground and i'm setting my gun down in the scrape and i'm like holy smokes look at this, i think that was a win for me it, is, is, a, it fi- is a win finding that in yeah. a in an area that we hunt with 0. 0.9 deer per square mile you're like mm-hmm. okay i feel like i'm on top of them right now
0: i wanted sure. to say to you ty, i learned a lot this year with like identifying tree species and stuff having you around because you're yep. very good at that yeah, yeah Ty's I is a, a tree man i appreciate ty that. And adam adam, yeah. adam knows yeah. the you're a little so uh, adam and ty are in camp biologists when it comes to that stuff <laughs> yeah I, I like it like well, can we burn this and yeah. like no I'm uh, not, we're, not
3: <laughs> we're not burning we're not burning red pine in this in the woods <laughs> no, <we're not> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no that was cool I, I
3: yeah no it's 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 i love being up there i'm i'm i like doing the woodworking stuff i'm looking at all these trees like oh man this would be so sweet i wish these were closer to home. Oh, like, that'd be a good one, one to
0: plane out right there oh, and make it yeah, the tabletop. Yeah. Really, yeah
3: well what um actually so uh what I like to do with uh the my mounts and deer that I get i uh i I have a sawmill, so we take the uh the burls in the trees and you cut those off and it, the wild grain on the inside oh, of them they Putting look so a, good. i like I'm a European mount guy mainly because they they're cheap and well not to mention I don't they're shoot beautiful. The big, I haven't shot the biggest deer yet so, right. so yet so it fits nicely on my burl but no they 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 look really nice on there, and I'm like if i mean. I don't know. I might be a little ADHD. I'm up there hunting. I'm looking around for the deer. And then I'm like, I'm like at eye level. I'm like, Oh, there's a nice burl on that one. <laughs> Man, that thing's nice. You know? So this
0: is a little off topic. I don't know if you guys mind transitioning no, into some bow stuff, but I know we talked I... about it yesterday a little bit and we've been discussing what we might want to use next year for the oh, yeah. heads. Yeah. Um, and, I've been thinking about it a lot because I, bow hunting will always be a passion of mine. I absolutely love it. I love the live early live for I love bow slinging arrows. I think it's, it's so primal and so fun. Mm-hmm. I, but we, so me personally, over the last three, four, or five years, whatever it may be, I've switched to shooting heavy arrows. Gotten away from using mechanicals. Started with your generic run of the mill cut on contact Magnus broadheads. Buy them on Amazon. You can get them anywhere. Good quality, cheap heads. Then we trans, all transitioned into using um, like grizzly stick, single bevel, super sharp, small diameter uh, cut on contacts. But we found and we had this conversation yesterday that we aren't getting the blood trails that no. we would certainly wish to see. And yeah. it's made for some unfortunately lost deer and um, unfortunate recoveries. Um, some we've, you know, we found success regardless of not having a blood trail but I think that's something we can improve on. I mean, there's some really quality heads out there now. And let's face it, shooting a, a single bevel is overkill for a white tail. I mean, it really well, is. Are they effective without a doubt? Absolutely. I mean, seeing the trauma and the damage that they've done to some of our deer is absolutely unbelievable. And I, I respect the damage they do but i think that there's a lot of room for improvement next year in our setups a lot uh, and yeah. i'd love to experiment with it. how many that was just a side note that no I was no I would, about. Like, I would like i'd like to expand no, yeah, on I'm just, this I'm just, we can we can totally transition to this yeah, I, i'd like to do what, that what um i uh how many how many deer together collectively have we shot with with the single bevels and i've shot i've shot i've shot two five or six with the single bevels and i, I shot five or six with the magnus uh, yeah, between jersey and well Japan. yeah i shot i shot, I shot, a shot bunch one of with the magnus one with the box cut this year the one so the one thing about the cut on contacts that i really really like is it's almost as if deer don't know that they're hit when you shoot them with those broadheads it yep. seems like the reaction every time is oh what was that run a little bit stop look around with a puzzled look And the next, you know, they tip over or they maybe go a little bit farther and die like they're expiring very quickly. Now, the problem is if you get that buck or that doe that you shoot could be the anomaly deer where they run 250 or sometimes it's just unexplainable. They just Mm -hmm. they run and run. They're tough animals. And when you run into a situation like that with the buck that i shot in particular this year it mm-hmm. wasn't a great hit it was marginal but at the same time we had almost nothing to go off of nothing we had, we had to call a track. but, but that's been but, but that's been the story of them all from what i can remember of any deer that we've tracked together as a group there's been just no blood and it is just so tough to track to track uh, a deer the down. heavy arrow thing I love so, it. I, sold I love that. it. I love how controlled the flight of the arrow is. I love how quiet the whole process is. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're more predictable arrow coming out of your bow. Um, sometimes more accurate depending on your tuning process, but something needs to be done about the broadhead situation. I mean, I, I, I I'm tell, willing to try different things. I, I tell everyone going off that heavy arrow setup. The the reason the reason that I shoot heavy arrows is for that Plan B shot that nobody nobody wants to happen well actually so uh, we had some family over earlier and bailey and my uncle picked up a little piece of arrow here that was happened to be laying on my floor i don't not really sure how it got out here but cat or dog probably cat or dog um long story short it was a piece of arrow it's about i don't know seven eight inches long from a buck that i had shot in jersey years ago and i'm absolutely scarred from that experience i was shooting a Roughly 395 grain to 400 grain arrow with broadhead setup. Super, super light, extremely flat fast out of a 70-pound bow with a three-blade expandable. And I got almost zero penetration on a rib shot on a deer that was quartering away. Not hard quartering away at all at about 15 yards. And that's what kind of set it in motion for me to make this transition. Mm-hmm. So I went to the opposite extreme, and now we've tested that, and I'd like to find that middle ground. Yep. And true. even if – we talked about and I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's some – there's some really gnarly mechanical heads that have came mm-hmm. out that I would a hundred percent feel comfortable putting on the end of my arrow, especially with uh and maybe not, you know, so I shot a 650 grain arrow this year, complete overkill. I mean, the thing looked like a lollipop flying through the air. It, it was, was so ridiculous. slow. If <laughs> you want, if you watch uh, the video of Corey killing his buck, you can see how slow that, that arrow was coming out of his Ridiculous. Bow. and very low poundage, very low poundage. And that's, not that I can't shoot seventy pounds, I've done that for years, but it was fun to experiment and mm-hmm. shoot a few deer, with and it them. worked. It's but for me, it's time to go back. It's time to revert back to something else. Maybe find the, the halfway point between the two and see where that leads us. Yeah. It's fun. I I love tinkering with that stuff. Uh, that's so what we fun. do. All I mean these. I mean I know you guys all came over a whole bunch too, but. Corey and I hung out almost every day over the summer and tinkered with our bows every single day. I pretty much had no life and just did that every every morning before work. Corey and I shot and tinkered with them every day and almost got our bows to perfection. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, we were, we were tinkering with them to where it was like the slightest little thing and we're going right back to paper yeah. tuning. Adam's bow was an absolute. Yeah, your, your bow was, a- that thing was shooting absolute missiles that, with like yeah. 600 grain arrows. It was stupid. Yeah. Like, I'm shooting you, 650 myself. If you couldn't shoot clear through a, a Cape Buffalo, I'd be surprised with that single yeah. bevel. On that the thing tip. was gnarly. Um,
2: what we're missing on the single bevels is the exit wound. hmm
0: yep. yep. Uh-huh. Oh, big guy. It's time. just
2: poking a hole on them about the width of the clogging blade, up. which is <sighs> Think I think if I remember correctly,
0: inch. you're talking an inch, inch and a sixteenth is the cutting <laughs> diameter versus, so I did shoot a doe this year with a different cut on contact head that was a inch and five eighths was the cutting diameter on that. And the hole that that, that broadhead left was significantly larger. Than any of the single bevel shot deer that we shot. That, that, yeah, well, that was a silver, plane, silver right? flame. Silver flame. That is something that I would 100% look yeah, into. I'll, that I'll thing I'll does does yeah. stated that deer. That does was impressive. It. That was impressive. And yeah. there was a ton of blood. Oh, it was a pour down rain, and I still had a very significant blood trail to follow. It was yeah. amazing. Ty, you got to get into the bow hunt. I know. That's, I yeah. got the
3: bow. I, before rifle season, I was out there multiple times uh, after work just slamming is- arrows i gr- growing up a only a gun hunter and i mean like you said being out early weather's good and then yeah I, in the I, days I, that's why I'm, I'm taking all this and never was a never was a, a bow hunter so I'm, i've am i got a bow and i'm looking to
0: oh, so we'll, get you, we'll, get you, we'll get you we'll get you we'll
3: get you too yeah good. like you said I, and that we talk a lot about staying engaged in the off season and that obviously does it for you guys looking forward to the bow season and going out, like you said, tinkering with it is fun. It is fun. Even I'm not going to lie. I don't know jack crap about bow hunting really, honestly. And I'm learning everything from you guys. So I'm, I'm really excited to like what you guys do get out of work and, Cool. It's They'll it's, it's so fun arrows. like
0: uh, all the all the many categories that branch off of haunting of of obsessions oh, yeah. that we find yeah. just with it whether it's guns or bows. Oh, there's or so arrows. many rabbit holes it, you can go down. Yeah, 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 which gives us a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm, so. obs- <laughs> I'm obsessed with the hand reloading stuff right now. No, I don't hand reload. I don't know the first thing about it. But I've been researching the crap about it, picking people's brains. One uh, of ty- or excuse me, one of Brad's good friends is is big into it. And I think we're gonna dabble with it this year and mm-hmm. see if we can't perfect some setups. Yeah. Yeah, that's almost to me as fun as doing a setting up a bow and tinkering with an arrow. It's the same concept. Yeah, it's just something to do during the off season. <clears throat> yeah, just Brett, a different what, projectile. what were you what were you
2: shooting this year for bullets?
0: No, no, for uh, your arrow setup.
2: I was shooting five eighty
0: five. Yeah, but what Total what, what broadhead and so? Uh, your- I was shooting
2: a Spartan Black Eagle, Spartan Black Eagle, um two hundred and fifty spine arrow. And I had a grizzly stick samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: those, those grizzly, grizzly sticks. Are, those grizzly are sticks are not. You had late. some great experience. Late. Even now, I was there for the the big buck you shot last year with your bow. Mm-hmm. Um, he only went sixty yards from the point of impact.
2: Yeah, I shot two deer with that setup and had great experiences with both of them. Um, shot a doe that died right underneath my tree stand, and but the buck. The problem with him was that, and I was gonna say is that. I 10-ringed him, and he only went and died 60 yards from where I shot him. But when I went to the point of impact, there was pretty much no blood, and there was no blood trail to speak of from the point of impact to where he died. The only way, reason we even found him was because we followed, well, we went to the general direction of the last place I saw him, and we, when we got over the ridge, we could see him. Well, actually, we saw a coyote feeding on him within an hour of me shooting him. Mm. Uh, but we saw him laying down there. And the only confirmation we had that we were even headed in the right direction was that he was a pretty good-sized buck because it was, like, October 9th, maybe. So he had some good weight to him, and he was really leaving some deep imprints in the in the pines. I was just going to say, Which, if I remember
0: correctly, it was, I should it was all tracks and some turned-up
2: leaves and spots. That was it.
0: And that seems to be the general consensus with it all is. All of us. So if it that buck hadn't
2: been hit as well as he was, we were pretty freaking screwed, man we wouldn't yeah. have found uh, you it, know, We and, had nothing to follow that would, we've, have been a, it would have been a dog in the past all day. two
0: years we found ourselves in that situation more well, times to than... say
2: is we're 10 ring some of these deer with these single bevels and the arrow was blowing through them as it should um but we're not getting the blood trails and that's a problem like we shouldn't be scratching our heads over deer that are 10 ringed mm-hmm. i'm not advocating for mechanicals because i made the switch just like everybody else did and i've had fun with it and it is a friggin' rocking setup it really is but the deer that i shot before that with mechanicals which were all rage two blade deer 100 grain broadheads dude those deer were it was a friggin' red carpet right and some of them weren't well most of them just they were good shots Mm -hmm. i'm not claiming to be the best shot they just i was making good shot on those deer and they were dying but the last buck i killed with a rage broadhead i hit him pretty high and the penetration sucked mm-hmm. but luckily that thing is so uh, violent i guess you could say when it co- when it goes inside of their you know their rib cage that it just made a mess of him inside and i watched him die within sight of my tree stand and he bled like crazy out of the entry wound, which right. was high right and we're shooting deer on pass-throughs with single bevels and they're not bleeding at with all no I mean, they're access. bleeding internally but Oh, the internal
0: damage is unbelievable. I will not dispute that. I mean, I've done basic necropsies as following kills now on a bunch of deer, and the internal damage is unbelievable for such a small head. I mean, you Mm -hmm. see that standard S cut that they talk about from the rotation of the single bevels. And it seems like when the the S cut occurs, it's causing spiraling damage to all the external organs Mm -hmm. outside of the point of impact. It's pretty amazing, actually. But it doesn't mean anything if you can't follow the deer. After yeah, it's that. the it just. I, mean, I don't care at, at that point. Like give yeah, me so something that can it's follow. it's all it's all, inter- <laughs> it's all internal. What's we happening. talked
2: about property lines yesterday. Well, some of these places we hunt, we can't afford to have a deer run no. across property lines. Definitely not a deer that we don't even know where the heck he went. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we really kind of need this to be efficient. The,
0: what What really changed my view is when I, uh, when I shot that I shot a doe like two or three years ago, and I. Bear, I mean, I barely placed it to the left and just barely hit her shoulder. And I was using a lightweight arrow shooting like 70 pounds almost and got zero penetration. I was like, something needs to change. And yeah. that's when you start dipping into this whole thing. And yep. I kind of picked up I, on it, too.
1: I, I, I go back to Jersey, Corey.
0: That was unbelievable.
1: That That is one of the most absurd things yeah. I've ever experienced. Yeah.
0: Adam shot a, a doe. Big, good, mature dough. And I wasn't with him when he shot it, but I remember the phone call and you were, you were pretty confident that you tendering that was, deer and chip I shot was
1: like 12 yards.
0: Yep, you're like, I'm pretty sure that we're me- using mechanicals, that was a, that
1: was a lightweight arrow. That was a, a mechanical hunter grain.
0: Yep. if I remember correctly, it was the so it was slick trick. trick. Yeah, yep. Slick, slick yep. Trick. yep. Yep. And to be fair, it fully deployed the broadhead, yeah, the broadhead fully deployed. Um, It was a pass through if I remember. Oh yeah. Pass through. However, it took from the time that you called me, which was right after the shot, to the point where we last laid eyes on her, and you were able to recover her, four hours, five oh. hours later, and pulling that deer apart, it was a double lung shot. It was a, it was a, a classic quartering away, perfect double lung shot, and it took that long for this. So I think there's something to be said about the quality of material in the broadhead you're using, and I still believe in the sharpness factor of anything you're using. Oh my like, god, yeah, sharpness I, is huge maybe it's not as extreme as as some people might say yes you can kill deer with broad or excuse me dull broadheads, but having a super sharp one is just going to cause that much more hemorrhaging and it's going to make you more successful i've
2: before we really cared about sharpness i've pulled rages right out of the pack and couldn't cut rubber bands with them yeah like that's that's not good and then when it comes to these single bevels like again i'm shooting grizzly sticks do those things are crazy how many sharp, times have factory. we sliced sliced our fingers uh, I, three so times <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, quite frustrating
0: actually i've laid my thumb up with three times on those things oh yeah just, yeah they're they're straight I mean, up they're, nasty. they're scalpel
2: sharp i do want to say though even if i i don't plan on going back to mechanicals but Me if either. i if i did it would definitely be the slip cam style like the rages yes i'm not a fan of the schwacker broadhead i'm not a fan of this idea that a, a blade is going to open backwards inside impacting an animal right. that just does that goes like against the idea of of mechanics that something opens as it goes into something it doesn't backwards, seem right that,
0: that's what i shot my first deer with them, and that's what i shot that doe with yeah that, that got they zero are, penetration looking broadhead
2: nothing. and when they're wide open if it does work as it's intended to they're they're crazy cut they're like you know two and, yeah, two and a quarter it, two and a half a key,
0: you yeah. said a keyword there when they work yeah when they when work, they work. <laughs> at least
2: on the slip cam type broadhead you're, you're the broadhead is exposed like the blades are exposed to the animal so even if they don't deploy backwards they're going to cut to some extent mm-hmm. they're actually about the size of a single bevel at that they are. Point, as far as width is concerned but mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah we'll uh we'll do some experiment in the yeah, in the m- future and Probably, well this this spring we'll probably start getting that again we usually take a take a quite a bit of a break from shooting and yeah, i'll shoot whatever, whatever flies
2: well the single bevels also definitely fly way better oh, oh very very, yeah. very well in, in in my experience you can get some friggin flyers with the mechanical stuff man you can get some zippity doo-daws like real quick and the single bevels just seem to fly like darts mm-hmm. i think that
0: also goes back though to your tuning process and how much you're willing to put in which we it. never used to do we never used to do and Also, I mean, our bows being as aggressive, and we all have very modern bows, they're so aggressive, and shooting a light arrow, it is just it's unpredictable when it's moving that fast and that aggressively out of such a small machine. Like it's it's, literally a machine. Yeah.
2: I'm into the stiff spine too. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not backing off of that. I think the stiffer spine arrow maintains its flight a lot better. I think it takes the shock of that bow when you release it.
0: The rigid. Yeah. The rigidity of it all is so much more efficient.
2: Slow-mo videos they have of, of uh, like, I think just about anybody who archery hunts has heard of ranch Ferry's YouTube channel, um the slow mos they have are those lighter spined arrows just wig, wig wibble wobbling oh I mean, spaghetti he movie. calls them twizzlers and that's exactly what they look like they're mm-hmm. just wibble wobble wet back and forth and then those stiffer spined arrows they 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 really don't do that very much no not at all
1: i've got that video up on our tiktok uh, thing's yeah that was really cool wild.
0: yep yeah. of yours impacting yep. the target there yep well we're in on about an hour you boys what do you boys think yeah.
2: Good. yeah that yeah. was good
0: that was good all right guys well glad uh glad to have ty back yeah we glad were glad to be back yes we'll be we'll be running I like uh,
3: listening in on all this stuff because it's, it's it's we were talking about that, that yesterday
2: even if you're with these new headsets we have even if you're not really contributing it's nice like, to just I feel listen engaged yes, yes. 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 we yes. all, we said, yes. all said that it's easy to kind of let your mind wander i don't even have to like i don't have to look at
3: corey to read the read his lips or anything like that it's all it's all and like i said this is very interesting stuff for me uh, coming from someone who's not a bow hunter and looking to get into it all great information and i look forward to talking to you guys more about it because you're talking about things that terminology that i'm not the most familiar with and getting to know everything like that i'm like I said, staying, staying engaged in the off season. this is a great way for me to do it mm-hmm. and if, obviously for everyone to do it. And is going to be a huge learning experience for me. Yep. This year's your year, man. I think so. This year's your year. I hope I really everybody show, likes so.
2: listening to us yap because you're about to hear a lot of yap. <laughs> <Yeah>, I was <laughs> just <laughs> going to say, we got
0: this new setup. And I i mean, whether we have a full group or some guys missing here and there, I'm sure we're going to be absolutely ripping out podcasts here um, quite quite frequently. Yep. So, I mean, we've done two in the past two nights. So,
3: mm-hmm. And yeah. someone's got suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With suggestions would be great. What do you guys? What, what do people want to know? What do they? What, or what do you know? Yeah,
0: we can't wait to get some guests in, and, and some up. outside yep. opinions. Again, and, you know, we'll reiterate this: if anyone, you know, like Brad said, not necessarily you, you reach out to us doesn't necessarily mean you have a spot just because the way things work out. But schedule uh, and uh, we, all that. yeah, and uh, but we definitely want to have some people on and, and get some different voices on here and
2: learn some learn some stuff. Would help drive the conversation. Because we, we talk about these things so much that it can, you know, it can be kind of hard to come up with new material on right. the podcast. Yep. Some of it might become redundant too. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, I sure. think
1: if if we got enough enough interaction with uh, some of our listeners and got like a Q and did a Q and A episode, I think that'd be a friggin' blast. Oh, yeah. that would be. Yeah, that'd I mean, actually, yeah, that's, you know, that's added, a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Great idea. If you guys,
0: yeah. yeah, like like I said, send us send us some uh, questions and we'll we'll read them off on here. We'll. I give you a little give you a little shout out and we'll and we'll answer your question and maybe expand on it. And I think correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, I think we talked about it earlier. We can actually do phone in conversations now as well. We uh yeah, I gotta I gotta do a little more research. I'm still learning about all this. I actually just got a new editing software today, too, that I'm trying to figure out how to edit podcasts with. So DJ Bailey B over there mixing yeah. it up. On yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So a, all right, guys. Well, that's gonna do it for tonight. Uh thank you guys for listening. Um Go follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all under Adirondack Bucks and Beyond. Have a good one, guys. See See you See you, guys.